Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. All right, everybody, let's get this show started. Welcome again to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key out of Newton, Georgia. And we are brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar Grill, Go Jump and Slide Inflatables, and Backwoods Barbecue. And on the show today, I have a guy that's just as busy as I am. Meteorologist from WTVM, public address announcer for the Columbus River Dragons, and head official for the Big East Association for the Alabama High School Athletic Association, Dana Barker. He is going to be on the show as we are just a couple of days away from high school football. I know he is going to be busy on Friday nights as well as I am, and I know I cannot wait for this interview, but we do have a great show for you. This is episode 441. As I continue having a busy show this week, I'll have my regular guests on next week as we will break down everything in the world of sports. But I do have a special announcement on this show starting on Fridays from 5 to 6 at WQEE, the radio station. I will host the first episode of the high school football show where I will break down all the Thursday night games. I will recap everything from the previous week, and I will preview the upcoming week. So already on my Twitter poll, I know I'm jumping the gun a little bit early, but I've got the week two picks for high school game of the week, and I will announce it next week. I know we haven't even played week one, but you got the prep zone that actually has their high school game of the week, and uh, we actually got it right. I shared that with them, and I thought that was funny. Glenwood and St. Ampicelli is the Prep Zone's high school game of the week. Sports Overtime's high school game of the week is Troop County and Harris County. So here are the selections for high school game of the week, and I really should have put a fifth selection, but the Twitter poll only gives you four options. You got Glenwood and Brookstone. Once again, Glenwood taking on a private school in Georgia. The game I'm calling, Harris County and Russell County. I think these border wars are fascinating. You got Carver and Spencer. You got the Heritage Bowl. And then you got the rivalry on the other side of the river, Smith Station and Central. And then I'm going to throw in a fifth game, Valley and Lynette. That is a big rivalry game as well. Uh, But I couldn't fit it on the Twitter poll. A lot to cover here on the show, including the Braves getting the victory over the New York Mets. They're now three and a half back from the first place Mets. They needed these wins. They ink up. Michael Harris II for a long-term contract. Charlie Morton gets the shutout. Robbie Grossman hits his first home run as an Atlanta Brave. And the Braves really needed these two games because they're about to take on Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom. And anything can happen in those games. I'm going to have Justin Dale on the show tomorrow. He is 
my unofficial Braves correspondent. We're going to deep dive into the Atlanta Braves and everything about this fascinating team. But before we start the show, received word late afternoon that Columbus Lions head coach Jason Gibson has stepped down. And I look back and I think he has been you know, the only head coach in Columbus Lions history and has done an amazing job. 17 years, three championships, seven championship games, a class act. He is the reason why I got back into broadcasting. He reached out to me, one of the owners of the Columbus Rapids. I built that relationship with him about two years ago when I was a guest on 95.7 ESPN Radio. He had a segment on that show, and it was a great time just talking sports with him. And so I knew him from that, and he reached out to me on Facebook and asked me if I wanted to be an announcer for the Columbus Rapids. And then that turned into being an announcer for the Columbus Lions. So he's going to be missed. All right, so before I get Dana Barker on the show, I'm just excited because tomorrow Smith Station is taking on LaGrange. LaGrange, a 4A program out of Georgia. It's got a special place in my heart. I work up in LaGrange. I was actually at the branch watching one of the LaGrange baseball games as they made their run to the state tournament last year. Their football team is not too shabby either. 8-3 last year, they went to the second round of the playoffs. But Smith Station, they are trying to build off of their 2-8 and record last year. Most of their offensive starters are coming back. Head coach Mike Glisson has got his senior quarterback, Jackson Greer. He's coming back. He was a starter last year, threw for 14 touchdowns. I'm just looking forward to calling this game with Corey Bank. You can watch this game on CTV Beam live, or you can catch a replay on the CW Channel 38 WLTZ. On the digital TV, that is 38.2. When we come back, I'm going to have the public address announcer for the Columbus River Dragons, head official for the Big East Association, and meteorologist for WTVM, Dana Barker. We're going to talk about it all. You don't want to miss it. We'll be back in a few. Welcome back to the show. Just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, out of Noonan, Georgia. And we are brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill, Go Jump and Slide Inflatables, and Backwoods Barbecue. And on the show today, I have a guy who is a man of many jobs. Uh, you recognize him on TV as the meteorologist on WTVM. And if you've ever been to a River Dragons game, he is the public address announcer. I appreciate it. Heck of an intro there, Richard. Uh, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. I mean, I've seen you out on the high school football field. I mean, you're famously known for wearing the white hat in the officiating crew. You're the one that's mic'd up that gets to to call the penalties. Do you ever find yourself accidentally slipping and and going into the uh, the the Columbus River Dragons power play intro, or do you, <laughs> you try to keep those uh, two jobs separate? Uh, you got to keep it separate, man. You, you got to be even keel, or I'll have a coach on me on from from the other side. Uh, yeah, you got to you got to keep those announcements kind of uh, even keel there, no matter who it's against. So you know, when you wear the white hat, you got to be impartial. Uh, but not when I'm calling for the Dragons, for sure. But uh, got to keep that impartiality on the field, though. I got to ask you, when did you start becoming uh, an official? I'll tell you, it goes back really to hockey, and it's kind of full circle, the, the Columbus Cotton Mouse back in the day. Uh, you know, I, I kind of played a little bit. I did a little bit of uh, 
roller hockey, played goaltender there. Wasn't necessarily the the best. I was more a uh, mathlete growing up than an athlete, if you will. <laughs> I was more into the books. I found my niche at actually at uh, at officiating. They asked me to actually help out officiate the roller hockey league they started, uh, and I fell in love with it. It was fun to me. I mean, I was on the floor the entire time. It was just like me playing goaltender. I didn't have to sub in and out. I was making sure the guys were playing fairly, and they actually loved me doing it, and I did it more and more. Fast forward to around 2009, 2010, I'm helping Jason Gibson run the clock for the uh, Youth Indoor Football League for the Lions. They had that running for about five or six years back in the day. And uh, I saw some kids out there and they just, you know, they didn't look like they wanted to be there. And uh, Jason looked at me and said, well, if you think you can do better, do it yourself. I said, all right, challenge, challenge accepted. I went out there and did it and hit it off and did well. And that's kind of how my football officiating uh, kind of took off. I started really in a youth indoor football, became an official for the Big East Association over in Auburn, Opelika in 2013, and then kind of ascended the ranks to president, I think in 2019 and president ever since. You know, after five years, I got the white hat instead of the other position. And I kind of relished that position, being on the microphone, like you said, being the uh, the leader, being the communicator. That's kind of how my, my career kind of took off there. It really started with the Cotton Mouse back in the day doing hockey. And then it kind of translated over to football, working with the uh, Lions Youth League. And then I got a passion for the outdoor game and have loved it ever since. And this weekend, we've got some scrimmages going on. Russell County is going to have their jamboree next week. As you get your officiating crew set to which games that you plan on officiating, do you get a say in that or is it, does it vary or do you usually do the same, the team just about every week? So we, uh, we have four different crews that we do. We, we have here with four different referees. I have a crew and there's three other referees that have a crew. Uh, myself and two of the other referees are actually on an assigning committee and we meet three times a year and we assign a block of games. This is for varsity now for uh, for varsity high school football. We assign a block of games. Uh, scrimmages and jamborees and things like that. We try to get everybody we can out there. That's not really a sign by it's basically come if you can and we can work you in, especially for the first and second year officials that won't necessarily have a chance to be on the field for a varsity game because it's just, you know, there's things to learn and, and things to do to get your feet wet first. But we go ahead and assign those games out based on crews and based on on average about three or four weeks out. And we, as a, as a rule of thumb, we don't send them to the same place twice because there's a, a bad game or something happens, we don't want them to go back the next week and then have the same exact crew there. So we try to mix it up. Like one week you're at Beauregard, the next week you're at Russell County, the next week it may be at Opelika, the next week it may be at Auburn. So we, we have different schools that uh, we are contracted to uh, to uh, officiate for, and we just kind of mix it up and, and mix it around based on that. And how far do you travel? So our association, the Big East, has contracts as far south. Actually, Russell County is our furthest south we go. And as far north as Wadley and uh, Hanley High School in Roanoke. So we go as far north as Randolph County and then as far south as Russell County. We go out to uh, to Camp Hill. We have uh, Southern Prep, used to be the old Lyman Ward military school out there. We have a contract with them. Uh, Valley, Lynette, of course, Auburn, Opelika. Borgard and some other schools in between so we don't go too far probably about a 50 mile radius from Auburn Opelika if you will so it's, it's not too bad of a drive now these private schools like Glenwood and Lee Scott Academy Chambers Academy they have an officiating crew from the the AISA right is that a completely different officiating crew it is this is a completely different association it's kind of a 
kind of different. What Georgia does is they, they throw them in a, a lower lower classification and have the Georgia high school public officials work their games. In Alabama, the AISA and HSA are separate. We actually have a few AISA guys that have come over and made the made the flip over to HSA this year. Uh, we have a great relationship with AISA. If, if they're ever in a pinch, they call us to come officiate their games and help out if there's ever a need for them to. So we have a great working relationship with them. What I, you know, what I wish Montgomery would do is go ahead and just merge us all together. You know, and that way we wouldn't have a, we still have a shortage, but we wouldn't have that much of a shortage because we could have guys that kind of work hand in hand, but uh, they, they, they're still separate private schools and public schools and they travel all over the state. And Dana, I really have gotten the privilege to know some of your officiating crew, several of your officials that work the play clock up in the press box with me when I'm calling the games for Russell County. And they just love doing it. And it's really a year-round job because I see the same people that are umpiring for Russell County high school baseball games and refereeing for basketball games. It's really just an awesome sight to see, just to see them officiating for multiple sports. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's what you make it as, as much or as little as you do. Myself, personally, I stick to football because I got, you know, like you said, the intro, Lord knows I got enough going on with hockey and weather and everything else. I kind of just stick to football. And then when football season's over, that's pretty much it. But the preparation we do for football now, you know, it starts as early as May with spring games. And then by the time June and July roll around, you're starting to do the meetings to get ready for the next season. We started our meetings here for this coming season back the last week of June and just doing training meetings with the guys, going through rules, going through clinics, uh, going to those scrimmages that we were talking about. So really the, the preparation for a season really starts up to two months plus beforehand. And Dana, I have got to ask you, are you working the Central IMG Academy game? I am not. That's actually the uh, that's the guys down in Phoenix City. That's Garnet Ray and the guys down there. They do a hell of a job. I'm sure they're going to do well with it. We actually had the privilege of doing the Auburn IMG game last year, and Auburn actually hung with them for a while. Uh, and I can I'd imagine Central might you know should do the same. They got a great program down there with Coach Nix, so it should be a very uh, very hotly contested game down there as well. But no, that won't be me. That'll be the guys from River City, and I'm sure Garnet will have a, a very well deserving crew there. And I know that you've got to be busy being an officiating crew. You got high school games that are on Thursday nights and Friday nights. Have you ever worked a Thursday night game and then turn around and worked a Friday night game? Sometimes we have. We, we try to not do that because we got enough officials where we don't want to have, you know, we don't want one guy working two games and the other guy sitting at home. So we try to make it as fair as possible. But I will say, you know, referees, there's only a certain number of referees. So I have been a white hat for a Thursday game and then press into action for a, a, a Friday game. But we definitely try We try to spread the love and spread the wealth. And that's kind of the reason that some, you know, especially in the AISA, that's why they play on Thursday so we can have enough uh, officials to go around. But we, we try to spread the wealth and try to make it as fair as we can for all the officials in our association. All right. And are the officials actually officiating these jamboree and scrimmages this weekend? Yeah, they are. There's a, and and the good thing about that is it's a it's a low key environment. Make sure Dylan Griggs heard that. Dylan, it's a low key environment. Make sure he's listening. <laughs> anyway, low key, low stress. We let a lot of the uh, first and second year guys out there get their feet wet, get some experience with a veteran official that's standing behind them. You know, you can't have that in a in a game that's a real serious regular season game. You're not going to have a rookie official out there and a veteran official in his ear right behind them. But scrimmages and jamborees afford you that opportunity where you've got kind of guys mentoring you behind 
So we relish those. The coaches love it because they get to get out there. Uh, we can help the kids out too, not necessarily throw flags all over the place, but kind of tell the kids, hey, you know, next next Friday, that's not going to be, you know, it's going to be a foul next Friday. And we kind of teach them along the way as well. You know, some of the new rules that are in, in force this year, kind of teach them that as well and uh, just build a good relationship with them. I did notice when I was calling the spring game for Russell County in May that the officiating crew looked a little heavy. It seemed like you had twice as many officials. That was like a training period, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the spring games are kind of a uh, kind of a proving ground and kind of a uh, we do the same thing like we do with the scrimmages and the jamborees, kind of switch up back and forth. You know, have an older guy out there with a younger guy. Maybe he starts, you know, a, a quarter or a half and then swap out with the younger guy and have the older guy behind him kind of, uh, you know, teaching the ropes and showing him what's going on. So, yeah, we usually bring a bigger crew to those. Of course, when it counts on a Friday night, it's only going to be seven of us out there with the clocks up with you and the uh, chains down there as well, chain crew. All right, well, let's talk about week one. It is just all the way through. Smith Station is hosting LaGrange. You got a 4A program from Georgia making the trip across the river to take on the Smith Station Panthers. That is going to be just an electric atmosphere. You got Harris County, a 5A program from Georgia. They're going to take on Russell County on August the 26th. That's actually Russell County's first home game. They're going to have a jamboree game on the 19th. But it's going to be a very busy week one. Central taking on Hewitt Trustful, Auburn taking on Hoover. I know you're excited about high school football and you being a, a head official that you get to be a part of it. And it's just an incredible atmosphere to have all those fans out there. Uh, what does it mean to come back and be a part of high school football as we are just a week away from week one. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's great. It seems like, you know, every year it starts earlier and earlier, but I don't mind that at all. You know, we had scrimmages as early as last week. We had one at Beauregard last week. Got to talk to the kids out there. Justin Jones has a great program. He reminds me a little bit of Dylan. It's a, a younger guy, well, Dylan Griggs from Russell County, that is. You know, it's a, a younger coach that's, you know, really trying to put his mark on a program and kind of rebuild. And that's kind of what they're doing at Beauregard, kind of what they're doing at uh, Russell County as well. So that's, it was exciting to see. Uh, and yeah, I'm just ready to get at it. You know, week zero with some games, jamborees, and then week one, big game there. And it's kind of partial to me because Russell County and Harris County, two schools that are Metro Columbus, growing up in Columbus, that means a lot to me too. So it'll be fun. It's fun to, have these games and they're not region games yet. You know, Russell County is not in the, uh, not in the thick of the schedule with the Lanier's and the other schools they're going to face in the region. So still a little bit of time before it gets really, really serious, but the games are counting though. So it's, it's going to be fun. And we got the best seat in the house on the field is uh, officials. Yes. And I believe I have the second best seat up in the press box. Absolutely. Uh, but I also feel uh, this is a very big game for me as well, because I live on the border of Muskogee and Harris County. A lot of people think I'm, Root for Harris County, but you know I, I call games for Russell County. It's it's a really big deal. Head coach Dylan Griggs has got a great program there. I saw a lot of growth. I saw a lot of improvement from their six and four record last season. And yeah, I know there were there were two wins that were forfeits, but they count in in the win column. Uh, I also part time call games for Smith Station as I'm uh, doing the high school game of the week. Smith Station only won two games last year. But they are in 7A, and uh, I think that they're going to improve this year, possibly win three or four games. But you got to look at these teams in 
East Alabama, especially Central. I mean, I know that anytime you get an opportunity to call Central, it's just got to be an electric atmosphere. But Central's got three players that are four- and five-star athletes that will be going to the next level. Yeah, all, all those schools, all those guys. You know, Patrick Nix is a – I consider him a, a an, an acquaintance from when I've called Central Ball Games. Mike Glisson at Smith Station, of course, Dylan. Uh, I think the other story, too, is Opelika now joining the ranks of 7A. Eric Speakman has run a great program up in Lee County. So, you know, watching them, you know, playing Central in the game actually counts now. Playing Auburn, the game actually counts now toward the region standing. So there's a lot more emphasis on those two games that traditionally were just, uh, you know, the out-of-conference, out-of-region games for Opelika. Now they're the ones that count toward their playoff future. So I think it's a great season coming up because there's a lot more importance on these games the games were or, you know they, they meant more they meant a lot to start with in previous years but they mean a heck of a lot more now now that you have some uh some region foes that are close by and you said you're from columbus and i'd like to see this happen one of these days uh, i would love to see carver play central uh, i think that would be the dream matchup there i like how you got teams from georgia playing teams from alabama you got Glenwood taking on St. Ampicelli. I know that's an AISA. That would just be amazing if Carver could play Central. That Georgia's best against Alabama's best. So that's that's what it's all about right there. Absolutely. Yeah, I would love for that to happen. Uh, you know, Central used to play way back in the day in the 80s and 90s. He used to play Shaw every year when uh, Charles Flowers was over at Shaw, and Shaw was a powerhouse. They would uh, – go over there and play and when uh you know when they were over at central winning championships too uh, so that would used to be the power so i'd love to have that that would be a a great border war kind of thing i don't know now though because now central and auburn and opelika the 7a and fifth station they're in a nine team 7a region now so eight of your nine or ten ball games are region games so you know that's up to them to see if you want to put a another tough opponent on your schedule or just maybe have a uh you know get kind of a uh, relaxing you know game against somebody else where it's kind of a tune-up for that uh that brutal region schedule you're going to be up against and you are absolutely right 7a region 2 is a brutal schedule when you have a bunch of teams that compete for a state title and only four teams make the state playoffs. And so you have Central, Auburn, Enterprise, Prattville, and now Opelika and Robert E. Lee has joined the group. Uh, it has got to be tough. And that's a good segue because now I'm going to talk about playoffs. That's right. As you as an official, uh, you get the privilege to call high school playoff games as well. Yes, we do. Uh, you know, they – the opportunities and the seats at the at the uh, you know the seats at the table, if you will, dwindle from the first round to the second round and beyond. Uh, you know, I offer input as as association president. I offer input to the hires up, the district director in our region, and then the uh, state officials in Montgomery, and then they pick the officials really for the deeper rounds and then the Super Seven, which is pretty prestigious. You know, they have that. They've uh, alternated around different college fields. Last year was the first year they had it at Protective Stadium in Birmingham, and the people that did it, we actually had two people from our association, one on the field and one that ran the clock. They did it and loved it. It was a great atmosphere. To them, it was better because, you know, no offense to playing in Tuscaloosa or playing at Jordan-Hare. This is Jordan-Hare this year, by the way. Playing at a kind of a more homely-type stadium, a smaller stadium, as opposed to an 87,000-seat arena, at Jordan-Hare, 100,000-plus Bryant-Denny Stadium, 
kind of made it more of a uh, more of a better atmosphere. You know, not and again, I know the seven. I know Super Seven is a goal, and winning Super Seven is a goal, and being in the Super Seven as an official is my goal. So don't take anything away from that. But even calling semifinal games, that's where it's at in terms of atmosphere because that's on somebody's home field. And that's where you get the really the huge crowds. You know, Auburn's had it a couple of times. Central has had it a couple of times here in uh, in seven A over the past few years. And that's really where the best atmosphere comes. And then, of course, when you play for the uh, that big blue map, they call it they call it the blue map that uh, Alabama map for the championship, the trophy they get. Of course, that's uh, everything on the line too. And of course, you are a busy guy. Right after high school playoffs, and they're going to be going into December. Meanwhile, the Columbus River Dragons have their home opener on November the 11th against the Watertown Wolves, and you get to be a part of that. I went to several River Dragons games, and I just enjoy hearing you call Columbus River Dragons on the power play, and <laughs> just it's just a great and, – and really, what is your favorite thing about being the public address announcer for the River Dragons? Being able to motivate the crowd. I love – getting the crowd to react. And, and I also, you know, play the play DJ and play the music for him. So if I can play, play something that gets the crowd pumped up music wise, and then follow it up with something, you know, you know, let's go dragons or something like that. I can voice over it. That's the greatest feeling to me. So when we have a big crowd of four or 5,000 plus to hear them just tear the roof off the civic center. That's my greatest, you know, greatest joy I have as a PA announcer is being able to, to get a crowd loud and get a crowd enthusiastic. Now, I was at game one of the Commissioner's Cup against the Watertown Wolves. In my opinion, that was the most electric crowd I've ever seen at a Columbus River Dragons game. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely would, at least for this past season, for sure. Um, and, you know, I hate we ended up uh, losing it up, up in Watertown, that uh, that one-two, the schedule they had where you go back up to Watertown, play those two games. But uh, absolutely, that was I went home with a sore throat because I was yelling the entire time. I think I actually did weather that morning, too, so I had even more sore throat from <laughs> doing weather on TVM that morning and then going and doing the Dragons game that night. But I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. And I loved doing it, loved covering it, and loved uh, being able to be there for that Big River Dragons win. And uh, speaking of weather, you're the meteorologist for WTVM. you got a great team there. I've had sports anchor Jonathan Hoppy on the show. And uh, you guys do a great job. He does a great job with the sports overtime show. And it's just great just being a part of a news team that you guys are a family. And, and really, when you're balancing all these jobs that you do, explain like uh, what the experience is like working for WTVM. Yeah, that, actually, that came about when uh, Lauren Linehan left last year. She got a job in Birmingham, and I was kind of the uh, the glue that kind of put them together to the next person that got hired. I'm, I'm really, I'm part of the team, but I'm kind of not, I'm actually the, uh, the fill-in meteorologist. I don't really have a full-time role at TVM, but I kind of, I pitch in when I, when I need to, but after Lauren left, two other weekend meteorologists left as well. So what was going to be probably a one month kind of fill-in role turned into a six month fill-in role. And I loved every minute of it. I was doing the uh, weekend evenings, got a great rapport with Ashley Williams. Uh, she's a great, great anchor, loved her to death. Uh, and of course we had a couple of sports anchors, Hoppy, of course, doing his thing in the evenings and then building that rapport, like you said, with, uh, you know, even the weather team, Derek Kincaid, Tyler Allender actually had a, uh, a big, big part of helping, uh, Elise Ushman, who's one of the new weekend evening meteorologist, get on get her feet wet and get ready. And, uh, Allie Ann McCord, who's there doing the mornings as well. You know, they, they're a great team. 
great experienced well-versed in meteorology so just being a part of that and and getting to do a little bit of what i love that's really my passion is, is weather and my degrees in meteorology and being able to do that is uh, is is great just a great time one job coincides with the other if you have a friday night game where you got to be the head official you check the weather and if it's a downpour you know to be prepared and they're still going to play football in the rain so <laughs> yep absolutely and i've been the one to call lightning delays before the lightning even hits and then a minute later it happens and they're like oh okay so uh yeah the, the officials hate me when i'm uh doing lightning delays because i'm precise and down to the minute of when the game should start but hey better safe than sorry uh you know we've had some uh unfortunately we've had some actual you know we've had some fatalities in georgia this past year summer with uh lightning so we don't play with that when we're on the field rain yeah we'll play through that all day and i love calling a game and just playing rain when it's a thunderstorm it's a different story though so i'm definitely there to uh help out and keep the kids safe and get everybody in safety Dana, I really have had a blast just having you here on the show talking about your uh, many jobs here in the Chattahoochee Valley and getting ready for high school football and River Dragons hockey in November. Dana, it's really been a pleasure having you on the show. Likewise, Richard. Thanks for having me, and I appreciate it. Any other time when you want me to come on, we can we can top it up on some football later on this season. Love to have it. Oh, absolutely. Sounds good. All right, that was the head official of the Alabama High School Athletic Association, Dana Barker. He's also the public address announcer for the Columbus River Dragons and meteorologist for WTVM News. And thank you so much, everybody, for listening to another episode of the show. And I hope that everybody has a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.